Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is pod.com We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them We talking about life and life to stream right to you From the microphone right to your home, dude Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo Cause there it is Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast for creators of any variety. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for being here. Thoroughly appreciate it. I have a very fun guest for today's episode. But real quick, just wanted to mention something. Um, Last week, I believe it was Tuesday of last week, Justina, girlfriend of the show, and I got to go see... This new sketch show on Comedy Central called Alternatino, starring Arturo Castro. And you may have seen him as Ilana's roommate, Jamie, on Broad City. And uh, it was just, it wasn't a premiere, I I guess. It was kind of like they're going to show a couple episodes and then do a QA. And it's great. It is so funny. You have to check that show out. It's really great. And it premieres tonight, incidentally, on Comedy Central. So check that out. Also, some familiar faces for you in there. Uh, Chet Siegel, who's been in a bunch of stuff, she's in there. And Seton Smith is in there. There are a lot of uh, uh, people I also know from here who I ended up seeing. It was really great. And also former guest of the podcast, Zach Bornstein, has written for the show. I don't know if he's if he writes for every episode or, or if he just wrote a couple of episodes, but he's involved with the show. So that's cool. Check that out. Alternatino tonight on Comedy Central. And if you are listening to this on Wednesday, it was last night. All right, well... Let's get to today's guest. We have today actress and model and improviser Jenny Ann Hochberg, and she's great. She was a really great guest, and she gives us a bunch of great information on pursuing acting, both from a performance perspective and a professional pursuit of acting roles, trying to get hired uh, perspective. Really great chat. Let's just get right to it. Here's my chat with Jenny Ann Hochberg. I have not had the pleasure of actually seeing you perform live in person, though. I uh, know I have not done improv in a while, in a little while. It's been a little while since I did improv, but I do it every day in my acting and my auditions, like commercial auditions and such. Right. You know, and that's that's the thing I learned too. Once I started doing improv, I was already acting, and I realized how much easier so to speak it was to do auditions because they throw so much stuff out at you that you have to be able to improvise yeah no i agree i Uh, agree so people can see in your website that you are from baltimore maryland and that right after graduating um Uh you moved straight to new york and you studied acting in college so yeah pretty obvious where your passion uh, to decide yeah. to move to New York came from. It was something you were already doing. Yeah. Well, it was when I was 14 when I stepped out of the train and I was told by like all my friends who would come up to New York, they were like, oh my God, New York's this great place. And they would show us like their family photos of like being in Central Park and such. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Cause all I had really done was like, I've traveled with my mom. Like we 
to different places, but mm-hmm. I'd never been to New York and I spent most of my time vacationing at like beaches in Maryland and like Delaware. But when I stepped out of the train, I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And I fell in love with it and I never wanted to leave. So since I was 14, I wanted to move to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because I was obsessed with Broadway musicals, like obsessed with Wicked at the time. Oh. Um, and then I kind of got into the whole acting for TV film on a more professional level. Um, I became very much obsessed with the musical Hair. And I saw it in 2009 mm-hmm. and for my birthday, and it completely changed my life. And I like started following everyone on Twitter. And this woman who was, um, she was making a documentary and she's still in the process of it right now about Gout McDermott, who's the composer of Hair. And she and I became like Twitter buddies. And I mentioned how I was coming up to visit one of the cast members who was a friend of mine in another Broadway show. And I was like, if you want to join me, we can see the show together. And she's like, I'm not, but I'm working on a movie right now. And if you want, I could give you a few SAG waivers if you want to do it. And SAG waivers are not just easily given to you. That's something you either have to book like a really big principal role or get really lucky doing background work to get. Mm-hmm. And it's, I what, um, can handed you, it. What exactly is a sign waiver? SAG waiver is essentially in SAG, if you're non-union, you have to get three SAG waivers. I believe that works for both principal and background. I may not be 100% correct about this. I at least know in the background world and um, I think performer as well. You have to get three SAG waivers in order to essentially join the union. And by your fourth one, you are a must join. So you have 30 days to do as much non-union and union background work as you want. And then you must Mm. join SAG. So like Mm -hmm. a lot of my commercial friends who do a lot of non-union commercials, when they by chance hit that fourth SAG waiver, they they're like, oh, I have to do as much non-union work as I can because I'm not going to be able to do any after that. Mm. Um, so it's really because of this woman. Her name is Meredith Marciano from the film Casting. It's because of her that I essentially moved to New York because I would come up when I was in college and taking like 21 credits in one semester. And I would come up and I would be filming in New York and I would come all the way back to Baltimore just for my classes at Towson University. <laughs> wow. So I was, I'm very much a hustler. <laughs> <laughs> I've always yeah. been very much a hustler and I had an apartment waiting for me like I was looking at apartments during my final semester in college and I moved up here two days after my college graduation yeah I saw that too on your yeah <laughs> on your website that's yeah you really I, you knew exactly what you wanted and you went for it directly and that's oh yeah awesome. that, that sums me up pretty well <laughs> and sold this day pretty well <laughs> yeah I've I have seen you, um, because I've seen every episode of Parks and Rec. So, ah, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. so I know that I've seen you perform. I just haven't had the pleasure to see see you in person. Um, I know. I used to do a lot of improv at the Magnet Theater. I would do like solo improv under the name I'm Not Sarah Bareilles because I used to be confused for her when I had really long hair. And so I just <laughs> made it kind of a joke with my improv name. And I love doing solo improv and Hannah Chase. Um, who's a teacher at the Magnet, inspired me to do that. And I also was on an indie team for a while called Ghosted, and it just acting, it's just, I believe the universe guides you where you need to be. And I really was like, I moved to New York for acting, although improv was amazing, and it was an amazing community of people to meet through improv. Mm -hmm. Acting was what, like, I meant to do. So it kind of guided me out of improv more into, like, really just focus on getting your career Uh as off the ground as possible. Yeah, that's great, and um, I want to pick your brain about that, because that's something I'm trying to do. But I keep hearing about you or seeing something about you, 
And I have for so long now that I said, well, I said, well, I have to get her on the podcast. Like, she's obviously. I'm so honored by that. I'm <laughs> oh, so gosh, yeah. honored by that. Yeah, oh, I mean, God, it so was honored. something. I've seen you so much from old posts about shows or, or just yeah, somehow you were coming yeah, yeah. up so often now that I can't even put my finger on it or, or tell you how many times. I was very active at Magnet. That used to be like my like second home. And then I just like, I started to get into acting classes um, at this great studio that I still study at called MN Acting Studio. And I highly recommend it to every actor that I meet. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't give me like, they don't pay me or anything to promote them. I just really believe in what they teach. And mm-hmm. there was an agent who I met at like a showcase and she recommended I check out their classes. And it was the best advice I could have gotten from a showcase. Oh, great. And then I've just been studying and they really are about getting you from being an actor just just being a person, which I think that's the best. What That's what film acting should be, is your job is to go and be a person in an audition or on set, and then even to go home and be a person. So right. it's not about showing your best acting, it's just behaving on camera. That's, mm-hmm. to me, the best acting. I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I don't... Uh, sometimes there are certain actors who are good at the skill of acting, and, and what I mean is just like... It's almost like playing an instrument where they can say like, okay, hit this beat with uh, this sort of emotion to it. And it's all very uh, laid out and, and uh, like a tactical or something. But I really like it when I'm watching something and sort of forget that I'm watching a show or movie because the yep, people yep. seem like they're real people. I saw, uh, I might say the whole title wrong, but I know it's The Kill Mockingbird. I don't remember if there's always a how or to kill mockingbird. I saw the kill mockingbird though. And, um, it was just an amazing play because as actors, our minds are always going all the time. Mm-hmm. Like we're always thinking about other things. It's just who we are as people. Cause it's just, we're creative beings. Mm-hmm. But when I saw the play, the acting and the work was so good. And Sorkin is such a, it's beautiful material it is very hard, but it's so beautiful. And mm-hmm. so knowing that all the actors out there are working so hard with this production, as I mean, all actors do on Broadway, but this one particular right. just spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And my brain just completely shut off because I was so enhanced by everything. It was the best stage acting. It was, it, no one was pushing. They were just being. And mm-hmm. every moment was so believable. And it was, I mean, my brain just completely kept quiet, which was a nice feeling to be like, oh my God, I'm not thinking about anything right now. I'm just focusing on this amazing performance right now. Yeah, I would love to see that because... It's really good. It's yeah. really good. I think Jeff Daniels is a great director. I'm a great actor, but I th- I think... Yeah. Um, Aaron, I love Aaron Sorkin material too, so... Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's got to be an, am- an amazing act- play. Oh, yeah. My acting teacher, what he'll do is he'll use like old Sorkin scripts and he'll have us... Um, work on the material in class and it's so and he's very specific like Aaron Sorkin is the way he kind of trains us with us where it's, you have to be so word perfect mm-hmm. on everything so you really appreciate when you see people doing Sorkin material like wow oh my god that it's, is that <laughs> the easiest so it's like not, wow that's so impressive if you can find the rhythm I, I keep hearing actors say like it's it's written to a certain rhythm so if you can find that rhythm mm-hmm. then it it's uh, I guess it's easier to memorize too but it's it makes it easier to deliver it, but I mean, it's so fast that you have to be real oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. fluid with your uh, expression of emotion as well. 
And every word matters mm-hmm. in his script. Every the, every of, every and. If you change one thing, it just doesn't, it kind of messes up the rhythm of it. Yeah. And Jeff Daniels on this podcast that I mentioned to you earlier, off camera, Sam Jones, my teacher will mention it all the time, but he talks about when he was preparing for, um, to blank the name of it right now, but he was preparing for a Sorkin project, and mm. he had like this huge monologue he had to do. Oh, and newsroom. Sorkin was asking, "Yeah, thank you," because I was like, "It's not the Social Network." <laughs> he was not in that, uh, but he was preparing for it, and he just he spent a couple days on it. But um, Sorkin was like, "Hey, mm-hmm. do you need like cue cards? Do you need anything?" And uh, Jeff Daniels was like, "No, I got this." And there was like head of HBO was there. Like it was a lot of big people that were trying to see like, is this project going to work? And it was because of him that I believe they like, I'm sure there were more factors included, but it was a big part of that. He was like, Oh, I got this. I oh, yeah. Your monologue. And, uh, yeah. Just yeah. Confidence. Yeah. Of confidence. Oh gosh. That guy is so good. Yeah. I can't even, yeah. <laughs> um, and he seems like a real, like laid back guy too. So it's like, huh? How oh yeah. <laughs> Like, he'll be like, I'm going to take a year off the tour with my son to play music. And he's a great musician. And then yeah. he'll be like, he, he never wanted to be typecast as one specific part. Because I think he was viewed as Cary Grant mm-hmm. when they wanted to make him like the next Cary Grant when he first started. And he was like, I want to be all these different types of roles, which is why he did like Dumber and Dumber. And oh, yeah. The Newsroom. And mm-hmm. You know, after he did like movies like Glory. Yeah. 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 So many different kinds of, I just remember a a history teacher of mine in high school, sort of like saying like, why would this guy, he's such a good actor, he's so good in glory, he was my history professor, so that's why I like glory so much, but he was like, why would he do Dumb and Dumber? (laughs) It's like, he's such a good actor. He wants to be unpredictable, he wants to be completely unpredictable, which I very much understand. Absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned you were working, you were doing some work while you were still in college, because you were yes. you were on Parks and Rec while you were still in college. Yeah, and I just have the cards, although my part got cut. I actually made a whole Facebook post about this yesterday. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was, I tried, I was doing everything I possibly could to be on set. I was like doing background work and stand-in work, mm-hmm. because I was very new to the industry, and I just wanted to learn everything, and I... And then very luckily booked Parks and Rec when I was um, in between semesters at my university mm-hmm. um, between junior and senior year. And it was a great experience. It was my first time ever improvising. And I got to do with Amy Poehler. And I met um, mm-hmm. Scott and um, Chris Pratt and Abby Plaza. And they were all so lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a great experience. I was very grateful because in Baltimore, you don't have to have an agent. I mean, it might change since I was living in Baltimore, but at the time there was like a casting website um, and then they would just post casting notices on there. And that's how I got to audition for it. Cause everyone thinks when they see it on my resume that I was in LA for a little while. I'm like, no, I was, it was in DC. It shot in DC. Um, mm-hmm. One of my scenes got cut, but the other one, um, well, the scene that got cut made NBC.com. And my first scene that did make the episode ended up being in their season premiere at, on Jay Leno. And I was watching it at home with my mom. And we're like, maybe she'll share like a quirky story that happened between us. Because we had some like silly moments on set. <laughs> and then they just happened to show the clip that I was in. And I was like, oh my God, it was wow. on Jay Leno. Oh my God. That's um, great. Yeah. Yeah, and I had done America's Most Wanted before that, but you could not, my hair was so much in my face as like a rape victim that you could not see me whatsoever. <laughs> and I get smashed with a boombox at the end, so you just hear me screaming and crawling, and you see me like trying to get out of this house, but you'll never, 
never know it was me because my and face that, was completely uh, hidden. Yeah, and you had long hair then, right? I had really, really long hair, and um, I had it cut. I, my, I was, I've had my hair different lengths throughout my life, but I had to have my hair cut last year because I was working on a TV show for a very specific part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I've just kept it since then because it's been, it's been a really good career opener with certain things. Oh, cool. Yeah, your hair, yeah. you do have cool hair. Um, Thank you. I think so, too. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's, I think that's one of the things that also helped you stand out by seeing you so much um, online because it was like, oh, yeah, it's her. It's, uh, it's that lady again <laughs> with the it's cool the hair. It's the short hair. It's yeah. like one longer side, one shorter side hair mm-hmm, lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, a, it's a, thank it's a, you. Thank you so much. Oh, for sure. So let's talk a little mm-hmm. about philosophy because we, we yes. sort of got into it about like people who are seemingly just living their life on stage. Like, we both like that when we see it. For yeah. you, yeah. what is the crux of integrity and in performance for you? Like what stands out to me when I watch performances, you mean? When it comes to your performing yourself, like what is it that you are going for? Are you trying to uh, oh, look it's just real being a person. It's, being a person? It's, it's just not acting. I never, the one question I always ask anyone, as long not in an audition because I would not ask a casting director this or a producer or I wouldn't really ask this on set either. But if I'm like prepping an audition with a friend or doing a self tape, I'll always be like, Hey, I just, I know you're going to say yes, but I just want to make sure that I seem like a person. I don't seem like I'm pushing. I don't seem like I'm acting. And everyone always says yes. And it's really because of my acting training that I'm able to kind of cut the bullshit out. And mm-hmm. to me, that's my number one focus is to make sure I'm always having active thoughts because you're always thinking something at every moment. Right. Like when actors kind of pre-guess what they're going to do, they're like, oh, I know exactly how I'm going to do this line in this moment. It's like in real life, we wouldn't know what how we're going to react to when someone says something to us that either offends us or makes us right. happy. Or so even if we're nation. setting up something that we're about to say to somebody, the emotions of yeah. the moment still change how we and would say it. Yeah. So when I watch other people's work in classes and such, and when I see that they're just being, it makes me so happy because I'm like that's exactly what it needs to be you are just supposed to be a person when you start mm-hmm. to try and show us how clever you are it just kind of it takes us out of the reality and it reali- and in our brains we go oh you're just an actor right now you're not yeah. just, you're not a person in a situation so that and then always just make sure I have levels um, because we don't want to stay in the same place and sometimes it's hard when you're like I just want to be a person and you're like but we also have to remember that even in the smallest of scenes there will always be stakes even if mm. they're super small. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, really that's kind advice. of my mindset. Thank you. It's been really helpful, but the main thing that's been super helpful with auditions, besides just being a person, because that's my number one goal of asking is just be a version of yourself with this or have an essence of yourself. Yeah, I is, hate it when I see, and I've seen this on like bad sitcoms that didn't last. I've never really seen oh, this yeah. on good sitcoms, but I have seen it where... Uh, when it was one of those sitcoms, like three camera, where it's filmed in front of a live studio audience and all that, yeah. you'll see yeah. someone standing in the background waiting for their cue. And they're not living life. They're just an actor standing there looking at the action and waiting to move. And and yeah. I, it takes me out because a person wouldn't just be standing by their desk looking at two other people talk from across the room and then walk over when it, and, and respond to them. It's like, oh, how did you even well, hear that from across the room? <laughs> I know. I, well, it's hard. The background, I used to do it just to get the experience of being on set. And it's, I always am so 
I mean, it's not like me taking pity on people. I just, I'm always, I'm always a kind person, but I'm always very kind to background because it's a very hard job because you're having sometimes maybe a PA yelling at you being like, you need to walk here. You need to move. You're taking too long. Like, come on, the camera's going. So I would say it's like, it might be that they're not being natural, but it's also that they're trying to not get fired at the same time too. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah. And, and I don't I mean the people in the yeah. background, by the way. I mean, like, one of the principal oh, okay. actors. I saw a principal oh, actor. Okay. <laughs> he was like... Okay, was, I was like, well, I wouldn't take it out in the background. They're on, like, definitely not they taking said. it out because they very much... Because I've been in that position where it's just like, just walk yeah. across here now, and you, you do, and then the director's like, hey, that all that in the background's terrible, and it's like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah I don't blame it's them. A good ex- yeah, and it's a good... I feel like anytime you can be on set in any capacity, it's a good experience as long as that's not where you might want to stay mm-hmm. as an actor for years. And some people are comfortable with that, and that's fine for them. Um, but yeah. yeah, I yeah, nothing to... Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> now that I understand, I very much agree. It's like when someone... It just doesn't seem organic. It's like... And sometimes you'll have a director, and I've had this, where they'll come over and they'll be like, you have to say the line exactly this way. And it just, I know that's some directing skills. It just doesn't seem organic for the actor, right. I feel like. Mm-hmm. If that's just how some directors work, and it'll just come off like the actor was clearly told to say it this way. And if they're not told to say it this way, they keep having to do retakes till they get it exactly that way. Yeah. And I was literally just, I was watching some old footage of something I shot, and I watched this one scene. I was like, oh, I hated that moment because I was told exactly how to say it without having like any kind of free will to move in the scene at all. Yeah, it's um, it's a weird dichotomy because you know you you are trying to genuinely show something. You know, you're trying to present <laughs> something in an authentic way that looks like real life, looks realistic. Yeah. But when you are saying it in this planned and and not even really rehearsed, just a hey, do it this way, <laughs> sort of yeah. uh, sort of yeah. way, then it's hard to make it look authentic. Yeah, like I just worked on. Law and Order, and I, I mean, my episode had just aired, and I had the best experience, because although the director was telling me certain moments, like, hey, hit this moment here, but he still gave me a kind of, like, more, a little more creative freedom. He wasn't, like, telling me to do whatever I want, but he was giving me hints of, like, hey, this is what your character is going through in this moment, and mm-hmm. just trusted that I would convey that, even in such a short scene, mm-hmm. and it was, I was like, this is what good directing is, like, you kind of leave the actor, you give them a suggestion, and mm-hmm. let them sh- trust that they will be professional enough and at a point with their craft that they can do it. Um, when we're talking about per, like the best mindset for actors or what you look for, like what I kind of work on in my acting, the other thing I really believe in is as hard as this business is, and it's a really hard business, is to be as confident as you can. Like when I go in for auditions, my mindset is I don't have control over this because there's so many factors that go into booking jobs because it has to go through producers and showrunners and the network, or if it's commercial, it has to go through the advertisers and the clients and the director. And it's so far out of our control as actors. And I think as actors, we often feel like, oh, it's up to me to book this. When it could be, it's not the right time, or it's up to the universe. And my mindset going into auditions, and this has been so helpful, has been, we don't have control, but we get to act today. And how lucky we are that we get to do what we love in this one small second of our day. That's nice. Thank you. It's been really helpful. It's, it's gotten me out of, it's still getting nervous for auditions and I, I don't push my nerves away. I'm like, okay, I'm nervous and I accept that and I want this job and I accept that too because it's just natural of being mm-hmm. an actor, but it's, but we don't have control and it just takes a little bit of pressure off of you when you realize that. 
That's good. That's really good. Yeah. So yeah. I, one thing that I struggle with, or, or maybe I shouldn't word it that way, but it, it seems like a, a difficult task when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, acting. Um, always finding the balance of, okay, here's a bunch of stuff that I've rehearsed, but how do I do it on time the way they need it to be done and hit these beats uh, that they want and and still come off realistic? Are there any tricks of the trade for you with that? You mean like you worked on the scene and you really want this moment to come off this way and you like really need this moment to come off this way because that's exact because you're like, oh, I prepped this and this line sounded so good that way. You mean like No, like not that necessarily that like that, but just like... I would say if, if it's something where you've, you've just rehearsed it a lot and after rehearsing a while it can not feel as realistic anymore and then uh, you have a director that says, okay, it needs to be in this sort of pace, uh, we need you to do this and that, where it gets to be about like the tactic of it. Um, how do you still manage to come off realistically because that's something I've struggled with and some of that it's maybe because I was working on a student film or something like that where it feels like you have two seconds to get all of this real life emotion out um, before they call cut. I think it's all like a a tricky question. That's like, I was like, oh, that's a tough question. Um, I think it's all just skill and just Mm -hmm. getting it's well, the, the place I study at that I've mentioned a few times, in the podcast, um, they really believe in like going acting class is like going to the gym. Like in order for you to get stronger, you have to work out to build your muscle. And it's the same thing with acting is you have to build that acting muscle. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just part. It's because like you like if you're on set, let's say like let's say for instance like you're on the set of Blue Bloods. And I don't know how exactly how their set might work as much as compared to other TV shows I've worked on. But let's say you're on set for hours. And you're like in the middle of emotional take and then they call lunch and then you have to go back to doing that emotional set. I think it's just knowing how I think it's just part of your instincts of like trusting that all the line. It's like when you go to an audition, like the night before, when you spend the hours and hours prepping over your seven pages that you have poured your heart into and then going in there and just kind of letting it go. Mm. And it's just and letting whatever like you trust, whatever you need to hit. And hopefully if you're working with the right people, they'll give you a little more, like I said, or more creative freedom and trusting that you'll know how to do things rather than tell you exactly how to hit those marks. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I shot a short film last summer and it was a great experience and I had so much fun doing and it. it's, it's having its premiere or has premiered actually it premiered this year hmm. very recently. And it was a great experience with amazing actors, amazing director, but it was a very specific scene where it's this whole bartending scene. And if anything was off because of all the cameras and the way they were set up, the, the editing would just not match up. Mm-hmm. So everything, every bottle, we, me and the other actors spent like 30 minutes rehearsing how we were placing our bottle down and when we were moving and when we were walking over and when we were hitting our mark. And it was like a very much a choreographer, a chore, choreographed dance. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just when it came time to filming, it was just trusting that you're like, OK, I, I know how to come across like I've never done this before because for actors, I feel like we often forget because we over rehearse that this is not we're supposed to come across like this is the first time we've ever said these words. And mm. it's something that I've noticed a lot of actors lose and sometimes their performance, especially when they're nervous because they really want to show how good they are mm-hmm. when it's like, you've never said these words to somebody before. And it's kind of just keeping that tactic with it. I feel like, I don't mm. know. It's a very, it's just, it's, it's a learned skill. I feel like it's, that's a, 
that's a tough question. I'm like, I'm not sure. I know for me, it's just learning it and just trusting that I, I'm going to mm-hmm. be great and that mm-hmm. I got this. Um, I think when I feel yeah. like I've successfully accomplished it, um, it was in a play and Okay. I knew the lines, so I didn't, I knew, I, I felt like they were just sort of coming out naturally. I mean, it's that, you know, you practice them enough, you just know it by heart. Yeah. yeah. And so then my focus just got to be whatever my character was feeling in the moment or would be thinking about in the moment. And yeah. um, I think that kind of helps it feel like it's real. But I, I feel like it's a little easier for me to do that on stage than in than uh, in like a film because or about TV. how many hours it takes to do uh, like one scene for a film and TV project. Yeah. You mean? Because well, just because a take can be so quick and and certain. Like I've heard of some people saying that they will go a few minutes on a take. So you, so it felt more like. Um, I think that's how they maybe did Parks and Rec or something where they just filmed them. And the cameras just tried to catch the action. Um, um, that's well, what me, that's they, what it was in her book. Yeah. It was in Amy Poehler's oh. book. But I don't know if that's for, what they uh, always did. Um, I know from my experience, from my first thing they did, which is just my one line that needs the episode, um, they had two cameras set up, and then they would just run multiple, a few different takes to try and get it right and try and get mm-hmm. the timing right. And, like, Amy even came up to me at one point and was like, hey, can you just, like, hold off on this beat just so that way I can get this moment out? Um, but for the, there was a second scene I shot and we did a couple takes of improv with it, which is again, like my first time, like if I had to improvise for my first time, like professionally, I'm really glad it was with someone who create co-created UCV. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just, for that, they had two cameras set up and they just let whatever happened, happen. Um, so they one camera behind me and then one camera behind her and Adam Scott. And we mm-hmm. just kind of did that. I don't know. I some now that might have just been different because they were in DC and they, I know they were definitely tight on time because of the light and the sunlight that was because we were shooting in an area where it all depended on what the um the, I guess the sun was going to do that day. Mm-hmm. So that might have been a very a little bit of a different situation than what they normally did, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I did read part of her book though. I need to keep reading it because it's so good. But I, I read yeah. part of her book. Yeah, that's um Towards the end, um, I'm I'm almost done with it. I've had it for a couple years. <laughs> just now, it's very heavy. It. It's a very, I've been listening to the ebook of it because I'm like I can just take this very easily with me to go versus the other one so heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I feel like a lot of experiences. It does seem like they are doing quick scenes. You know, it's like yeah, uh, you know a. a a few some people and they might be exaggerating have have described it as doing a couple of lines or something like that and yeah yeah you and know, they shoot really fast they yeah shoot fast yeah and they it, did that's that's where I've had a tough time at just like really feeling like I was being a real person because it felt like I didn't have time to that, I, that makes sense though like when you're under pressure and you're like I have to hit this thing and I mean I feel like a lot of actors probably feel like that hmm um, it's just, I don't know. It's this, this thing that my brain just finally clicked in where it went, oh yeah, your goal, your job is to just be a person. This is just all that you have to do is be a person and mm-hmm. just exist. Um, but I, I felt, I still feel occasional fear when I'm on set or auditions, but then I remember halfway through my career, I go, oh yeah, but I got this. 
And like how lucky these people are to watch me perform today. How lucky I am to get to perform today. Yeah. That is a, a good headspace to get in. And I think maybe some of the reasons, because I'm just sort of amazed by famous actors who are in films who are, they always seem at 100% with their energy and their, their presence and making that person feel like a, a, a fleshed out person. Uh, and, well, that, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and, I, and some of it I've heard, of course, we've all heard stories of, someone who stayed in character on set, but some people mm-hmm. are just really good at turning it on on a dime. Which I think is, that's the best thing mentally you can do because I've thought about if I ever had to go to a place where that was super, I mean, I'm, I'm open to anything and I'm like, oh, even if I were to get scared, I'd be like, I can handle anything. Um, I, I feel like that's the best thing mentally you could do is like, yes, you go to set and you do the character you have to do because if you stay in a certain role for so long, it can cause massive mental damage because Mm. as actors at least for me i really have to envision like what i'm going through or what this character is going through and if it's a really horrific thing you may not want to go there (laughs) for an entire like let's say three month shoot so i really respect the people who are able to turn it on the moment they get the set because that's i believe the best thing mentally you can do yeah it can be very traumatizing sometimes depending on what you have to mentally go there for Mm mm-hmm there are different approaches yeah. for sure. I've heard about like breathing yeah. techniques to get people there. And then there's, like I mentioned, oh, the yeah. staying in character. Like instead of sitting of like, instead of like standing off at the side and thinking about how maybe your dog died, you like kind of let, let your breath take you there instead. Mm-hmm. I heard that's what. You just start to feel your breath. Yeah. I heard, and this is, I know, a problematic person to mention, but I heard that that's what Mel Gibson would do. Because he would be cracking jokes right before a take. And and Mm -hmm. Rene Russo was talking about the movie Ransom, which is, you know, a heavy movie, a heavy subject matter Mm -hmm. of a child being kidnapped. And she was saying she was just kind of emotionally wrecked the whole time. And, you know, she has to cry in a scene, so she's already kind of worked up. And he, in these emotional scenes where he had to, like, break down out on a balcony... He was like cracking jokes and belching and then just once the camera started he just was there and uh he said yeah it's not hard it's just i just use breathing techniques you just control your breathing <laughs> i was like what yeah i think it all does like for me i'm able to like when my like if someone's like we need you to get emotional in this moment you're scared i can get there very easily just because i think because of i've I've had some rough life experiences i was bullied really badly growing up mm-hmm. i didn't really mention that earlier but that was um I think even though it was a very rough experience growing up, I'm kind of grateful for it because it made me who I am as a person and who I am as an actor. So for me, I can very easily go there, Mm -hmm. even if it's, let's say, we're on the set for four hours at this point and we just had lunch and we have to get back into that moment. But I know some actors who aren't emotionally available as easily and they have to work on those things to get them them Mm -hmm. to that place. Mm -hmm. I've I've never read any of Michael Caine's books, but he... Everyone raves about them, so... Yeah, everybody does rave about him. I have not read them, but I would like to at some point. Yeah, me too. Um, let's talk about auditioning and how you kicked your career into high gear. Yeah. It. Obviously, some of that is probably going to the studio that you mentioned. Um, yes. Uh, which is the Matt Newton acting studio. Yes, I, I, if, I, if 
whoever is listening to this, if you're interested in getting into acting, I highly recommend them because they're so good at getting you from being an actor to just being a person. Mm. And this is someone who has like a lot of experience from coaching on sets and working with big, high profile clients. So he's just really good at kind of cutting out the bullshit and not being insensitive about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, as you were asking me. Other than that studio yeah. um, and what you learned there, what were some of the things that you started doing to sort of help you uh, audition better or land roles more easily? Um, the first thing I started doing, this was from what I learned there at the studio, was I would, the moment I get a script, I go through my script and I write out all my perspectives in that moment. So like, let's say the scene is between, let's say it's like an Adam Scott, Amy Poehler scene on Parks and Recreation as an example. And they're like having like this little comedic fight scene. It's going through each line and writing like what this character would actually think in that moment of it happening. And then I upload my lines to um, an app. And so I can rehearse my lines with myself in case by chance I can't have a friend help me. Um, And then I'll just kind of go through each line step by step, memorizing it and going back to the beginning of the script and getting each line down. But the only way I can really memorize is if I have like a thought behind something, because as Mm -hmm. actors, if we ever have trouble memorizing lines, it's because we don't know what we think in that moment. Right. And it's to kind of think of a million different choices of how I could play this scene. So that way, when I go in that audition room, if they're like, hey, we want her a little more sad, she's not really as angry as you played that. And you're like, oh, yeah, I got this. I'm ready. And you can do it on a dime. And that's something I've been complimented a lot on when I audition is how quickly I take direction. And it's just because I've prepared the scene so many different ways in my head because I'm fully prepared for everything they're going to throw my way. Mm. Um, Because a lot of times actors get stuck in the choices they make and they don't know how to take the direction versus Mm -hmm. you want to be the actor. The main thing they want is to make sure you can take direction when you're on set. Because you're going to be in a very, it can be a little stressful on set sometimes if you don't know how to handle being on set. Like you're, there's a million people around you and you have to go to hair and makeup and then they are doing multiple different setups and it's, it's a little stressful. It can be stressful for, for certain people. Yeah. I mean, I love it, but it can be stressful <laughs> for certain people. And so if you can't take direction and you're not able to do what they need you to do in that very high press, like high pressure situation, because let's say the network wants to move on to the next scene at this point or I, the network was even on set with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, so that's what I kind of work on in my audition prep. And then I try to usually run my lines with a friend. Like I'll call up a friend and be like, Hey, I had these seven pages I have to do for this one TV show to, for tomorrow. Can you run lines with me? And it's always better. Even if you can't run them with someone just to run them with an app or something so that we are saying these words for the first time, because if the first time you're saying these words is in the audition room, that is not the best Right. experience because then you might fumble on a word or you might mess up on a word that you felt really confident about in your yeah. room in your, yeah, your some, bedroom prepping and I've been on those auditions where they they don't give you the lines until you get there and, oh the uh, commercial audition you mean yep, the commercial audition commercial audition oh yeah <laughs> I like see that's also I used to be a little scared by those but now I'm like oh my god well, how much fun I didn't have to prep like four yeah, pages no, that's, the night before <laughs> that's generally my attitude I, what I don't like about it is having to look down because I want to be able to look at the uh, subject because yeah. that, that sort of disconnects me. So from an acting yeah. point of view, I don't like it, but I, I don't find it difficult. It's just sort of like, <laughs> how do I really act? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, commercial auditions are such a, they're such an interesting 
beast. They're such a unique animal. I, for me, I don't know. I used to, especially when you get those, the big copy and you're like, oh my God, why didn't you give me this the night before? And for SAG, it's different than non-union because like mm. they're required to have a board in the room. Mm. Um, and I just, it's the same mindset of taking it as, I don't have control over this and I got this and I'm awesome. And I feel like as actors, we're so worried about what other people want when actually they don't know what they want. Generally, they have an idea based off of maybe a team discussion they had over Skype with mm-hmm. like the creative. Um, but there was a commercial call that I had and the, the original audition was so much fun and everyone had so much fun when they left the room. And then the callback, everyone went into that callback so confident and the moment they walked out of the room you could see this the terror on their face and i Mm. i saw the most confident actors come out really upset and i was like i refuse to be upset about this callback so i went in and and the creative team was you know they were they were they were different they were very interesting in so many words and when i walked out i was like guys i don't know how that went but i don't have control over it so i just had the best time (laughs) and i think i was one of the few actors that came out actually like happy with how their callback went because when I saw how many people were upset, I realized, oh, my God, uh-huh. I don't, this is not up to me. This is up to so many other factors. I get to have fun today. And if they don't like me, I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, I I take a similar approach to you. Because, you know, I don't know what's going to, I've had auditions where I thought, well, I really stunk up the barn, but then I ended up getting it. Yep. And yep. I've had auditions yep. that were solid. Yep. And, um you know, I didn't get it. And you just can't really get in your head about any of it. No, and it's so nice. I saw, I was helping out with an audition yesterday and a lot of actors came out and were really upset because they flubbed their lines. And you saw everyone kind of give the same approach of like, well, I don't normally flub my lines. And they were telling me all this, like, I don't, I don't normally flub my lines. I'm like, okay, I, it's good to know we're on the same mindset of how we all want to be perfectionists and how we're all kind of, <laughs> really hard on ourselves mm-hmm. even if we think we're awesome we're all kind of have a lot of tough love no one else i feel like is as is on is as hard on ourselves as we are mm-hmm. if that makes sense no i i totally agree and think it does yeah. make sense uh i mean yeah, like makes sense what you said makes sense i don't know if it's, it makes sense for us to be hard on ourselves <laughs> no i wish that i was i i view it as i'm just i i think i'm awesome and i feel like as actors we should start we should all think that more often, not be cocky about it. But like if someone right. at the acting class, a mate of mine thing says to me like, oh, I think you did so great today. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, I agree with you. Thank you. Because I'm like, why should I hide how I feel mm-hmm. when maybe as actors it's taken us so long to love ourselves? Mm-hmm. We have so many factors in this industry that is, and it's a very hard industry that we should feel confident. Right. And, and so, I don't know. I, I Yeah. You know, and I've, you take you do take compliments well, and a lot of people do not. You know, a lot of people, I don't, you know, they may just not like the attention, but you know, they they get bashful. I'm an only child. I like the attention because <laughs> <laughs> I'm an only child. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I, that helps then. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, again, I think it's once you realize you're like. Oh my God, I'm good. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. like an acting classmate of mine, I was telling him like a few months ago, I was like, oh my God, sometimes when I get, even like when you're at a level that you're like, I'm crushing this, you still worry about sucking. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to an acting classmate of mine being like, oh my God, like, sometimes I'll go on auditions and I'll just like worry if I'm going to do bad. And he made this point to me that really just kind of 
changed my mindset. He was like, I know I'm never going to suck. I know I'm at a level now mm-hmm. that I might be flat. I may not hit exactly what they want, but I'm not going to suck. But right. I'm not going to be bad. And I realized, oh, my God, you're so right about that. And since then, I've been like, I'm not going to suck. I may not hit what they want in that moment, but, like, I'm definitely not going to suck. Right. You know, and that's there is that level of confidence. And then also, if someone's complimenting you, it's probably something that you want people to think about you. So just say like, Hey, that's nice. Then if someone (laughs) like no one's complimenting you on something you hate, no one's saying like, Hey, your hair looks stupid. Good job. You know, they're saying your hair looks good. So, you know, you, you want it to look good. So just take it. I would like (laughs) it to look good. Thank you. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, I, I never thought my, well, when you were mentioning haircut before, I, in my mind, never thought my hair would ever be this short in my life, but Mm -hmm. I, this on set experience I had, which also is part of the reason I'm so confident is I, um, this person on this TV show I was working on, the lead of this TV show got hurt and I had to audition to be this person's body double and essentially wasn't hired with the title acting double, but I had to know the person's lines, but I didn't get hired till the night before. So I got a call from the second AD and they were like, hey, welcome to the show. We're going to have you come on set tomorrow. We're going to have you cut and color your hair. You're going to do the network table read as this person. And then we're just going to throw you in. Mm-hmm. And I was I mostly did improv at that point. So I was absolutely terrified at the thought of like having to know every line that came out of this person's mouth. So I had to know two episode scripts at the same time, which is over 100 pages. Mm-hmm. And it was three weeks straight, six days a week. Mm-hmm. And the moment I got on set, they cut my hair and it just. I got thrown right in. I wasn't told till I got to the set if I had to know this person's lines. I just prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And I would come home. My day off was Sunday, and I would memorize six days worth of lines. So I'll wait every night the night before after doing maybe five scenes on set from like 7 a.m. till let's say 8, mm-hmm. I would come home and memorize the lines from the night before. So it just made it easier. Mm-hmm. So I feel like as actors, we often have fear of, I don't know if I can handle this, but that experience definitely showed me, oh, I can handle being a series regular because I essentially had the best school and training of being a series regular. Yeah. Um, that's mostly why every time I get scared, I go, but wait, you just did this crazy experience. <laughs> right. You had this, this, no one else can relate to. You had this <laughs> like weird experience. You can handle anything. Yeah. I Do you have any tricks for learning lines quickly for me if i just read it a couple of times i start memorizing it just automatically starts clicking in i think that's what it is honestly is is having that perspective and just your your mind's a muscle so if you can work on memorizing every few days your brain will memorize things so quickly because there are going to be days as an actor where you have to memorize things like three hours before an audition or a self-tape or mm-hmm. casting may be like, hey, we really like you for this role, but actually uh, we want you to go outside and work on this and come back in 15 minutes. And let's say it's like five pages and it's a cold read. And you don't ha- they never expect you to memorize it completely. But as an actor, you always want to feel like, hey, I want to do my best work. Right. It's just honestly using your brain. Even if you're reading a book, try to memorize a few passages from it. Just try and get your brain to like, pick up words as fast as you can because mm-hmm. it will build your memory muscle. Um but yeah, yeah, I would say just my, my skill of memorization is like going through the script, going through each line. And after I have that line, start from the top of the scene again and kind of work my way down each time starting from the top of the scene. Um, that's been very helpful for me, at least. And also I try to like remember, like I tell myself a little story about the scene. Like, hey, this moment I was really angry with this character. And then 
And then we felt better and then we got angry again. So you just kind of remember the arc of the scenes. That way the lines come out a lot easier for Mm -hmm, you. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That also helps me a lot as well. Um, I, I feel like we have the same philosophy on. (laughs) I seem so. I was like, Oh, you agree with everything. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and also I see on your, on your website that you, uh, binge watch, Queer Eye and Play with Puppies. Yes, so. Queer Eye is the I think, I, <laughs> again, when I was mentioning about your job is to be a person you're, and then go home and be a person, I know a bunch of actors who are like, you need to go home and watch this life-changing artistic <laughs> movie. I'm like, no, you know what? I want to go home and watch Queer Eye. I want to go home and watch The Bachelor. I don't feel like thinking about art. I want to go home and watch freaking Vanderpump Rules. But yeah, Queer <laughs> Eye is an amazing show. Um, I think I'm half Jonathan, half Anthony, and mm-hmm. half with the other one. Paramo? And half Paramo. Those are my three. Mm. Yeah, definitely Paramo. Um, I like to preach about being positive a lot. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, like you do have his enthusiasm when it comes to... Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank like, you so much. I love that show and I love all five of them. Uh, and I also love puppies. Uh, dogs, I puppies. but puppies the most. <laughs> I know. I might want to, if I, I have a mutual friend in common with Anthony and I told him, I was like, if you ever, like when you talk to him again, tell them you have a friend who loves him. They just can't really eat avocado or cilantro, <laughs> which is me. Oh, you can't. Does it taste cooked. like soap to you? Yes. And then avocado kind of kills my stomach. So I can't mm. have that either. Wow. Yeah. yeah I, but no, um, is like the best show ever. So thank uh, you for yeah. bringing that up. Definitely. Now I, and I also want to talk about that in the, you know, the, turn off your brain sort of thing. Whereas Queer Eye, it's not really as turn off your brain sort of thing, but it is like, I see what you mean about what's something that's not going to make me just think a bunch about artistry. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, that's why I like, it's also so positive. It's just, mm-hmm. I was a little mm-hmm. skeptical about watching it because I'm like not opposed to makeover shows. I just don't really want to watch someone have to change who they are physically. And I love that it's like not about changing who you are, elevating the positive positive aspects of who you are and it's working from like the inside out and every time i watch i have just the most positive energy really good things happen to me because i'm just so happy watching the show (laughs) so i i I, it's one of my favorite shows yeah Um, yeah i i agree wholeheartedly they they aren't changing people they are giving they're equipping them to be the best version of themselves that they can be yeah, and I really wanted to get barbecue after the barbecue episode. Yeah, you know, they sell too. that. Yeah. They really are selling that. It, it like, sold out real quick. But Which it, is great. Because there's just, like, three, really like three or four people making the sauce. They're like, we're trying to catch up <laughs> to the orders. Oh, gosh. Um, I, yeah. so thank, I'm glad you brought up Queer Eye, because I recommend everybody watch Queer Eye. <laughs> as, I, as do I. And um, I am also someone who, if I see something that creatively can just fire me up then i can just go on a tear about it and and just like get real psyched and and talk about it but i need a break from that i can't always be thinking about yeah. uh acting philosophy or improv no, philosophy no. Or, or or things like that. i just can't do that 24 7 i need i need some downtime and that's when yeah. something that has yeah. nothing to do with that stuff can come in but i also need a balance of something that is kind of in the middle um, just because sometimes I need to turn my brain off, but not all the way off. Yeah. Um, I, agree. I just need to sort I of agree. turn the voltage down a little bit. 
Um, no, I agree. I agree. But I, I can't always find uh, good substitutes for that. Yeah, and I, for me, even the main thing is um, back to acting. The main thing with acting is like if you're not auditioning, you just always have to stay active with doing things as an actor because. A lot of people I know will say, a lot of people I respect will say, if the only time you're acting is when you go into audition and you may not, your reps or you may not get out very often because mm-hmm. maybe who you're working with, whatever reason like that. And that's your only time to act. You're going to be so nervous versus maybe you're, I really recommend like being a reader for casting directors. I'm a reader a lot for casting people and I love doing it mm-hmm. so much because it just takes the pressure off of you. You getting to see behind the scenes as an actor, it's the most useful tool. And Olivia Wilde actually talked on off camera of Sam Jones about how she worked as a casting, I think assistant was the right term Mm -hmm. um, for this casting director in LA. And she talked about how useful it was and what a great survival job it was for her. And I Mm -hmm. feel the same way when I get to work in like with these casting people, because you see that they're just humans just like you, they have a little bit more control than we do as actors, but there's mm-hmm. so many factors that actors don't realize behind the scenes in working and casting. And I love, love doing that. So I recommend mm-hmm. if actors can be a reader, do it. It is the best learning experience that you could have. How do you do that? How do you get into that? Um, mine was from taking classes from like taking like educational workshops with casting people mm-hmm. and just becoming friends with them. Or I just, I, I don't know. I just like reached out to a couple casting people originally in Baltimore. I was like, Hey, like I would love to train with you as an intern. And eventually I became a reader for some of them. Mm. Um, and then you just form really good relationships or you just reach out to people being like, Hey, if you ever need a monitor, if you ever need an assistant, I've mm-hmm. like run sessions, like I've helped out with sessions or like, I don't know. It's just different ways. You just, I would reach out to casting people or email them in a very professional, respectful way, of course, because mm-hmm. I'm all about respecting boundaries. Just be like, hey, I have worked on these TV shows and I would really love to be a reader for you. Or um, from taking the classes, like I mentioned with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, great. Now, let's... I hope that's helpful. Whoever's listening to that, I hope this is, I hope it's all helpful. I think it is. It's definitely helpful for me. Uh, okay. and I, and I think it'll be helpful to other actors who are listening. And, uh, if we were to create something like maybe a plan of attack mm-hmm. for auditioning, um, yeah. uh, what would we do with that? How would we go about that? Okay. Um, let's say my agent sent me like a scene the night before, and this happened recently with like eight pages for a self tape. Um, I would, and it was, a, it was a bit of, a bit of more of a tougher script to work on in so many words. Um, I would go through the script and I would again write my perspective of every single line of every single thing that this person said to me. Mm-hmm. And then I would set it down just give myself like a couple minutes to breathe and let my brain relax with it. And then I would go back to it, upload my lines to record them. And then I would just converse back and forth with them, like back and forth, back and forth until I felt like, okay, here's an hour of memorization. I'm going to take a break now. And then just kind of keep repeating that behavior until I, my brain goes, okay, I think we're good. I think we got this. And I always like to kind of go over my lines the night before, like right before I go to bed, because then your brain just remembers things so much easier when you wake up in the morning. And I'll also either run lines with my friend um, or whoever I can get to run lines with me. Usually I like to do the night before, but if I have to do before my audition, that works. And some people go to coaches. I usually just kind of run it with friends who I trust their opinion that they'll give me a good direction 
if I'm not hitting something the right moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people go, some people go to coaches and I've done that too, where the coach is just someone, you know, will really get you to the best place. And you spend a half hour, an hour working on the scene and that way you can work out all the kinks with them. So that would be probably the best way. Um, and also for my last audition, I had to work on a very hard dialect at the same mm-hmm. time. And it's not a dialect that's in, that I have a lot of experience with. Mm-hmm. So it was also watching a million videos and studying this language, this dialect and getting it exactly perfect and how it's, it's an old version of a dialect. And it was it's a nice little challenge. And that's also with auditioning. It's all about mindset is realizing, okay, this is hard, but you know what? I get to have fun. What a great challenge this is today. Like what a great experience and how many actors would kill to have this appointment that I have right now. And even though it's hard, I'm going to make the most of it. Because in this moment, I don't have to work a survival job. I don't have to worry about my income. I get to just do what I love and what I'm good at for this one small second. And I'm going to kick butt because that's I know I can kick butt with it. So, yeah, that's I think would be the best idea for creating, I guess, a good audition. Awesome. And what is the app that you were mentioning using? Um, I use Rehearsal Pro. One of my acting teachers recommended it to me, and it's been very useful. And there's tons of great apps out there. That's just the one I just happened to use mm-hmm. to record my lines. That is so I have, I think, recorded just like with the iPhone recording device. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, it, I you know, an, an app would be very useful. Yeah, I used because I was on a TV set last year working and having like a million over 60 pages to work on. It just, I would record each line and it became so much work on the phone to record like over a hundred lines. So I was mm-hmm. like, I need an app. This is too much work. This is taking more time out my prep for shooting. Right. There it is. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing all of this great information. No problem. I hope it was helpful again. I hope that this will help someone because it's been very helpful to me and really has kind of changed my life as an actor. And I realized I started booking more work because of these mindsets and just trusting myself more. I think it's just more confidence-based. So you go in the room, confidence is the best thing, even if you're scared out of your mind. So I just hope it helps other people as well. Jidianne Hochberg, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you actors out there found that edifying and helpful. I certainly did. You can keep up with her on her website, JinnianneHochberg.com. You can also see her demo reel on there. A couple of things she's got going on right now. She was a supporting cast member for a short film that's making the festival circuit right now called Swing Shift, not to be confused with the Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell movie of the same name. That's from the 80s. So if you go see that movie, don't expect to see Jenny Ann Hochberg in it. And if you're going to festivals seeing short films, don't be upset when it's not a Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn movie. If you're going to a festival to see that movie, you're going to the wrong place. Also, this is cool. This is something she's done recently. She was on an episode of Law & Order SVU, and it was this recent episode, actually. It was like episode 20 of this, this season that just ended. So maybe you can check that out on NBC.com. Got a role as the character Cassie in that. Very cool getting someone with her talent and expertise and knowledge on the podcast. Well, as I mentioned last week and the week before that, next week is a big one. We have got the one and only Armando Diaz on the podcast and some fun guests coming up after that. Until next time, be good to each other. 
The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 